Today's scripture is from 2 Timothy 3.16. Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Today we continue our short series on Staying the Course Scripture, in which we discuss the role of scripture for the vitality of our life of faith. In today's sermon, I'd like to discuss two questions. First, why should we read scripture? And second, how can we read it better? Today's verse is familiar to most of us. Uh, for example, just, just after baptism, um, some of us are taught in Sunday school the importance of reading the Bible as the Word of God with this particular verse uh, for support. The verse is very short, but important. It states that every piece of scripture is inspired from God. Here, inspiration refers to the supernatural influence that the Holy Spirit had on the biblical authors. How much influence the Holy Spirit had on the author and by what mechanism the writings were inspired is not fully agreed upon. For example, the intuition theory asserts that the authors had a particular religious gift and were able to access the mind of God. Another theory, the illumination theory, states that the Holy Spirit descended and indwelled in the writers, giving them a heightened sense towards religious matters and the ability to discover truth. Another one, the dynamic theory, emphasizes the combination of human and divine roles where the Holy Spirit directs the writer to express the thoughts and concepts, but uses their own particular human style of writing. Next, the verbal theory claims that the Holy Spirit was so intense that each word was selected at the direction of the divine. And finally, the dictation theory teaches that the writers were told word for word exactly what to write, uh, like a legal dictation in the courtroom. Setting the theory of inspiration aside, the verse tells us the importance of Scripture, the reading and studying of Scripture, in that it is useful for giving sound instruction in exposing sin and bringing corruption in the behavior and ethics of others. While these are important reasons for reading scripture, they are not the only ones. We read the Bible today for many reasons. To seek encouragement, to encounter God, to learn about the history of the Jewish people and early Christian church, and so on. And to accomplish these goals, we read in different ways. A popular way of reading is called devotional reading. Its purpose is for personal growth and spiritual formation. One example of devotional reading is that this uh, past few weeks, a group of students from the Chinese Mandarin congregation have been practicing um, a type of reading called Lectio Divina. It is a traditional monastic practice of scripture reading that treats the Bible as the living word, not text to be studied, but rather encounter, a way of encountering God. So we begin the Lectio Divina by finding a comfortable resting position um, usually not laying down, but sitting. And a particular set of verses is slowly read out three times with brief pause between each reading. This is the first step, lectio, or reading. We then prayerfully meditate on the text, not concerned with other verses or uh, contextual information. We allow God through the Holy Spirit to bring uh, some words to our attention. 
We then proceed by typing these word or words into the Zoom chat to share what God has spoken to us. And we end the evening by contemplating on those words for a brief moment before leaving Zoom. In face-to-face lecture divina, there would usually be a time to share a bit more and pray for each other, but we don't do this on Zoom. Lectio Divino can be quite useful as it is concerned with how each individual responds to the text. Therefore, it is democratized in a sense that each response is valid. There's also value in hearing the response of others, which may draw out fresh insights into the passage. For people who are very used to being busy, Lectio Divina is a great way to relax and sit quietly before God after a busy day. Sometimes the words that come out might be surprising and respond accurately to the source of tension in your life. If we were to apply Lectio Divina to 2 Timothy 3.16, what word or words might pop out in your mind? Well, there aren't that many choices, but perhaps inspiration, useful for teaching, correction. We may also reflect upon Jesus as the Word of God come in the flesh, So when we read devotionally, we not only focus on how these words draw us near to God, but also on how they might shape our future lives. This is why we should read scripture, per the devotional reading. With that said, an obvious shortcoming of Lectio Divina is that it often focuses on single words, which may be taken out of its particular context. Reading out of context is not the only common pitfall during scripture reading. Many people believe that we read the Bible in a vacuum where no thoughts influence us. No force can penetrate some holy force shield that protects us and allows us to approach the pure truth of Scripture. But if we think about this, this cannot be true. As we read Scripture, many thoughts and voices, conscious and unconscious, influence our understanding of the Bible. Very simply, for example... At work or school, you may uh, feel alone and surrounded by people who want to see you fail. Then you read Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Very accurate. um, Very very reflective of what you're experiencing. But if you keep reading, pour out your fury on them. Consume them with your burning anger. Let their homes become desolate and their tents become deserted. This is from verses 24 through 25. Not so nice, even though it may accurately reflect your feelings at the time. Sometimes we also don't feel in the mood to read, or even if we read, we don't care to understand. So clearly, our day-to-day experiences play a role in our understanding and interpretation of the text. Furthermore, many of us are more influenced by church experiences and theology than we realize. For example, as we read the letters, letter to the Romans, we not only hear Paul's voice, but alongside we are accompanied by previous pastors who have preached on the text, by theologians such as Martin Luther and John Calvin, by our church traditions, by our family, and many others. All these people are with us as we read the Bible. It is obviously important that we take notice of who is in the room with us as we read the Bible. 
This is why my former New Testament professor, Janine Brown, calls reading the Bible a peopled endeavor. All of these voices influence our reading. Some are louder than others and can negatively impact our ability to read the text for their authorial intent or the meaning that the author intended to convey in the writing of the text. So the second question, how can we read the Bible better? Well, one method is by reading exegetically. In this method, we focus on the author's message in the original context. Some questions that can guide us in reading exegetically are, what did the author intend to communicate in the passage? What did the original audience hear? While paying attention to the literary genre of the text, or the type of writing, for example, um, poems or letters, gospel, paying attention also to the literary context, the background, environment, setting, framework, events in the text, as well as the historical context, the context outside the book, the social culture, cultural setting of the book, the information that the original audience and writers might have known about, but we don't know unless we investigate. Paying attention to these three parts of the text will help us to better understand and better read, exegetically read the text. For example, let's apply exegetical reading to 2 Timothy 3.16. We know that this letter was written by Paul to Timothy during a time when Paul was likely in prison and contemplating his own death. There are hints scattered throughout the text that suggest this. It is under this dire circumstance that Paul was giving his last communication to a dear co-worker and someone whom he considered a son. The letter can be split into three major sections. First, urging Timothy to accept and faithfully teach the message of truth. Second, to deal with false teachers within various Christian communities in Ephesus. And third, conclusion. In the letter, Paul speaks about God's saving act in Jesus Christ and that Christians should live out their lives reflecting this reality. Paul makes clear that the cost of following Christ may be great, that the Christian may face, may face great opposition, but in times of darkness and danger, Jesus' love and faithfulness are real. Some may be tempted to turn away from truth due to boredom, apathy, and false teaching. We don't know exactly what the false teaching is, but it is important. In chapter 2, there's a hint that a breakaway group claimed that the resurrection had already occurred, that Christians had already experienced resurrection in our spiritual dying and rising with Christ. In response, Paul insists on the importance of sound teaching. To accomplish this, Paul instructs Timothy to make scripture central to his ministry, for himself to personally read it, to teach it, and to exhort it. The underlying reason for doing this is because every piece of scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And in this case, by scripture, Paul meant the Jewish uh, scriptures since the New Testament had not been canonized yet. 
Finally, our exegetical examination of 2 Timothy places this verse into its context. The verse is an exhortation by Paul to Timothy to trust Scripture as a reliable source for teaching the true way in the face of false teachers. Translated to today's context, Scripture, which now includes the New Testament, remains a reliable source for our Christian lives. When we have doubts about the truthfulness of Scripture, we are reminded that they are inspired by God and therefore valuable in instructing us how to live our lives. This is why we should read the Scriptures, per the exegetical reading. Notice how we come to different conclusions to the question, why should we read the Scripture? This is because whereas the devotional reading focuses on the divine and self, an exegetical reading helps us to expand that focus to include the human author, the historical context in which the writing took place, and the intended audience. The challenges of exegetical reading can be difficult to overcome. It takes time to find reliable resources and more to read and understand them. Sometimes by the end, a person becomes so tired that they fail to relate the purpose of the text to their own context. Nevertheless, despite these pitfalls, exegetical reading is often very fruitful to one's uh, spiritual formation and very, very valuable. So at the beginning, we asked, um, at the beginning, we also asked the question, how can we read scripture better? Today's sermon highlights the value of devotional and exegetical reading. Each type has its advantages and disadvantages. The key is to try to find the right balance for your own spiritual growth while keeping in mind the voices, some of which add bias, during your reading. This is one important way we become better readers of scripture. The challenge is to spend more time with the type of reading that you are less comfortable with. Notice how it changes your interpretation of the text and how it helps you grow as a Christian. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your text, for your words that have been preserved for us today and for our own edification and for the building up of the church. Lord, we pray that each of us would be would be called to become better readers of your word. And Lord, would you challenge us to read in the ways that we are not accustomed to, to help us to understand you better, to see you from different angles, and to better learn about ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Grow us as your children. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.